bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics, I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about politics like we're talking about reality TV. Yeah, with lots of opinions and lots of baggage and tons of feelings and very little actual research. Well, you did a lot of research this week. But I didn't learn anything. You didn't? No, it doesn't stick in my head. Mm. All, I, I, all, you know, mm-hmm. all I have in mm-hmm. my head is your mom, Phyllis <laughs> Doctret, Phyllis Goldman. <laughs> yeah. Saying that she's back on board listening. Yes. But that it was the cussing that yes, really it was upsetting pu- to her. Pushed her away. And you know, and I know that, if and you're he- listening, mom. And hearing that was upsetting to me, but then I started noticing um it's like when someone points out like um like one time you pointed out how Mazdas. I'm like, who drives Mazdas? And you're like, they're everywhere. And then you pointed it out and then I kept seeing them everywhere. I was like, weird, I've never even noticed one before, but they are everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like once she pointed it out via you to me Mm -hmm. I kept noticing how much I cuss and you know honestly like it it I know that it's due to all the drugs and alcohol I do that I'm getting dumber every day and my memory it's filling in all the blank spaces in the tape Mm. and it has gotten so bad that I think it's hilarious when I hear other people do it Right. Well, she was saying that, you know, (laughs) once or twice or a few times sprinkled, (laughs) you know, adds to the point. And but I do also want to say that she brought that up because I don't want to go. I don't want to put anyone on blast. However, don't get into your family. I'm not going to get into the family (laughs) shit or putting anyone blast. However, it ultimately led to she said to me, well, do you listen to anyone? Who do you listen to? Remember, mom? And I said, well, I listen to Brandy. And she said, you do? And I said, yes, I do. (laughs) Oh, you mean as in like follow my directions and advice? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, you are. You know, there's people in life and we call them assholes who yes. ask for advice and then you give it and then they don't don't do it. You are the antithesis of that. You I, are like my baby love angel. I don't yeah. mother, sister, wife, daughter, <laughs> lover. I don't ask. I don't ask unless I want that. No, actual and I answer. offer you advice that you unsolicited oh, unsolicited, that's true. and you still follow it. <laughs> that's true. So that's how much I love you. And and then everyone in my life is ruined because they don't hold stand up to the level that which you followed oh, my advice that now it's really just invalidated everyone else's love for me. I'm like, well, nobody does the shit I've made you do, and I've said it before, one time I made her, when I was helping, she doesn't have me help her with her auditions anymore, so this worked out for me. I was helping her with an audition, she was being stiff and annoying, and I made her bend over and do the audition out of her ass, <laughs> like her ass was doing it, and she did it. And that's when I knew, I was like, that she was my true soulmate for life. I was mm, like, you know what? Mm-hmm. No one else on the planet. She probably booked that, it was probably Bones. It probably was. <laughs> Probably was. Well, I well, just, not that I, and I want my mother to know. I just want to say special for my mother that's okay. listening. I do listen to you, and you've been a huge role model to me. Of course. And, and me. So, I love and, Phyllis. Yeah, and so if you think that anything you've done is not ever rubbed off, it has. Now, I can't help we, you with the fact that I call, my Twitter handle is Mr. Julie Goldman. She said well, that Well, also, hurts I can't help her, that but. she hasn't listened to the last 10 episodes where we <laughs> talked about how she defended you during Captain Hook. Yes. And she called up the math teacher and went and had the meeting because she treated you meanly, <laughs> and how she's the best mom for defending oh, you. That's and why. We, that's definitely why I'm such a crazy, def- jealous boyfriend slash defender? insane defender. Well, we celebrate sure. Phyllis all the time, and we, we love do. her, and she's in she's in the top moms club with Pam, yeah. and that's how it is. But she did kind of ruin. She blew up my spot about my cussing, and it's been haunting me, and I've been noticing uh, it. But and I also noticed that, like for example, that movie with um, Seth Rogen, where it's like a Christmas movie, the the one with the Office Party, that one. Yeah, they oh, cuss. Wait, yeah, no, not the Office Party one. The one with that. Oh idiot, yes, Gordon yes, Lovett. yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Twas the night before, or some dumb shit. Right. Um, 
they cuss just for the sake of cussing like us in that or like me. I don't even want to put you. I have a terrible influence on you, but they'll just be like that fucking bitch. Like now <laughs> in most movies or things, you'll just say that bitch. Right. But when you say that fucking bitch, it's so much funnier to me. Yeah. And I just listen to other yeah. podcasts where they cuss a lot and I just think it's hilarious. So I know I've got a problem. And also, like I said, it's filling in the blank spaces where I can't think of vocabulary words because I'm. I'm getting dumber by the minute. Well, I think there's a way to meet in the middle. I don't have any problem with self-reflection and um, looking at I'm not changing. And looking at So, <laughs> so now, uh, real quick, uh, about Harvey Weinstein, because I don't need... Oh, that fucking piece of shit. I don't need these 14 <laughs> listeners... Speaking of... Expecting to be hearing about Harvey Weinstein, like, they're like, ooh, I can't wait to hear Julie go in. So, kids, the bottom line is... We have a tendency with situations like this where it's a big, huge, you know, countrywide issue that everybody's in on and everybody gets real self-righteous. Julie and I usually find a way to offend lots of people with our opinions. <laughs> so we're going to spare you from that. Um, we do have lots of opinions and they are mm-hmm. very strong mm-hmm. and some of them are quite polarizing, mm-hmm. even from each other. Julie yeah. and I have been having a dialogue about this since the day, the minute that we met. We've gone back and forth <laughs> about it. So... Um, we are going to talk about it on the Patreon. So if you're not a member of the Patreon and you want to hear this discussion, I suggest you go over there and pay $1 and you can hear it. (coughs) This is why people should have difficult conversations when you don't necessarily, you know, when we talk about this stuff, I just want to say quickly, quickly, me and you talk about this stuff quickly. When uh, me and you talk about this stuff, (laughs) Uh (laughs) particularly because it's not that we have opposite you know, we're not like on the ends of the earth. No. D- disagreeing. But there's some fundamental disagreements. And I think that... Um, I wouldn't say disagreements. I would say differences in point of view. Okay. Differences in point of view. And... Because um, those are inherent. We can't help it. It's from our growing up. It's from who ab- we are. Absolutely. Which is... I mean, and it's informed. It, it's just... I just think it's important because if you back away... Like a lot of people will say friends or oh, yeah, don't spouses talk about or it, whatever. Right. You shouldn't have these kinds of conversations because somebody's feelings are going to get hurt or blah, 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 blah. But if you can, if you can, you might actually learn something. I've learned a lot. And so I've learned a lot, too. I think it's important to have these. Act- these are the conversations you should be having. And I've definitely been empowered by you, even with your judginess, um, <laughs> you know, and in a way that no one has ever empowered me before you know good good um, if I've done anything in the world good it would be that and you know what that's one thing of why we can't Phyllis get rid of all our manly lesbians (laughs) because it's it's women who I don't want to say think like men because it's not really that but it's like you can't I couldn't get the same kind of empowerment from a man saying the exact same thing that you say because you're a woman you know what I mean so I think it's a yes because it's a perspective of someone who it's not that we think like men, but we we are with women, so there's that thing in common. So then when you see someone who's also with women treat them wrong, it's infuriating. Yeah. Because they have a gift that they're they're destroying. <laughs> um so <laughs> basically, we're going to talk about it on the Patreon. Go to patreon politics. You can pay $1 and hear us discuss it. I have a feeling the whole hour will be about that. Yeah, it'll be and it'll be $1 a week. But if you want to pay just $1 for the month, then I, I guess think you can. You'll, yeah, you can. Right? You can pay just $1, but yeah. you'll just get one podcast a month. Right. But if you pay $1 a week, then you'll get one podcast a week, right. which is what we release Where we there. talk about every single other thing. And that's because those people pay to hear us be offensive right there they like it they're used to it and that's what we do over there every time yeah and um that's how you can hear it so um let's get to eye of the shit storm great you take some shit put it up on the wall check it out for a while you take that shit up off of the wall put it down on the floor in a glass bowl you take some buck put it up on the wall where the shit used to be all Right. <laughs> so obviously the biggest piece of shit twisting around and stinking up the atmosphere is Harvey shit wine fuck shit fuck. Shit scene. <laughs> but we covered how we're going to uh, handle that two minutes ago. So fine. Now you know. So keeping it political, we, along with Meet the Press and State of the Union, decided that the eye of the shitstorm this week is Trump decertifying the Iran deal. That is so politically. 
okay. decertifying. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Iran deal. Like mm-hmm. when? Who decided I could ever talk about something like I that? I don't know. I'm already checking out. <laughs> Okay, so the first question is, what the hell is an Iran deal? Mm-hmm. And what does decertify mean? I mean, I know what that means, but what does it mean in terms of a deal? So, because supposedly Trump, who has decertified the deal, but didn't quit the deal? <laughs> so, I don't even understand how you decertify it, but stay in it. I think it's how he's done every single thing he's done so far. Is he says something such as, transgenders are no longer allowed in the military. They're decertified. <laughs> and then... That's not a real right, thing a real you can thing. do. So, you know what I mean? Well, actually, basically with the deal. Okay. Um, the president is required by Congress to certify every 90 days that Iran is complying with the deal. So apparently Trump found oh, right. that they weren't complying. <laughs> to, uh, so he's mm-hmm. not going to certify that they've been complying. Right. So now he's kicked it over to Congress to deal with. Now, there we go with the transgender thing. Right. He's announced that he's not going to certify it and stirred up the shitstorm. God, my nose is just so bad. I've been having <laughs> nothing but allergies. Um, so now he's making it Congress's problem. So what is the Iran deal? What is the Iran deal? Um, that is a, how to, let's see. <laughs> so the Iran deal is okay, a preliminary wait. agreement reached in 2015 oh, yeah. between Iran and a group of world powers, including us, United Kingdom, Russia, France, China, and Germany. But people were upset because Obama... Basically did it on his own, so they say. Obama did the deal. A lot of people, there's a lot of criticism against it. A lot of criticism. he didn't really do it on his own because he was with the UK, Russia, France, China, and Germany, who are obviously into it. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. But its basic terms can be boiled down to a very simple transaction. Iran agrees to strict limits on its nuclear program, and in exchange, the other five countries relax sanctions imposed on Iran as punishments for its nuclear activities. So it's basically us six, I don't know if it's six or five, against them saying cut the shit we'll right. all get in the deal and then and then we'll we'll trade with you and shit right and you can have alcohol you can have tobacco right. you can have rugs you can have some chairs you can have some <laughs> boo-boo you can have some this and that yeah. and the other thing you can have but some you stuff you can, some whatever absent. get some chinese people making your shit sure you can have yeah you can have workers <laughs> you can like get rid of the jews you can do whatever thing that you need to do but in exchange you need to stop with the nuclear stuff because so, it's not going to happen so now apparently when Trump and Nikki Haley, because it's Nikki Haley who is into, they call her the Iran whisperer. She's the ambassador, UN ambassador with the receding gums, who's fucking whatever. <laughs> right. So she's all into, she's telling Trump that Iran is breaking the deal. Like they're loading up on, you know, whatever, plutonium, whatever right, the fuck right. you need <laughs> yeah. to make a nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. They're loading it up and they're breaking the, they're right up to the edge of the deal. Right. Because they use it for power. And other such things as right. we do. And, yeah. um, you know, there's a whole thing with enrichment because you can have like the power sources you can have. But when you enrich it a certain way, that's when you can get weaponry. And right. So well, they're doing yeah. it as far as they can go until you turn it into a weapon, yeah. whatever. But she's saying no. Yeah, they're, they're obviously pulling some shit. Well, uh, uh, yeah, clearly. Because we only have to say Iran and then we know they're pulling some shit. We're all not born yesterday. So right, but right. the bottom line is there's five other or six there's five other countries or nations in this deal. And we can't just unilaterally, as they say, pull out. <laughs> I know you love when I say pull out. We can't quit the deal. I'm sorry. Like, that's not how it works. Literally, Germany's coming through. I hate being told anything by Germany. It just bugs. Oh, my God. I, 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 I hate. I, in the, in the um, lift or whatever I had to take to the airport, um, the girl was from Kyrgyzstan or something. Kyrgyzstan, which is the Caucasus. The oh, Caucasus. Yeah. A... She told me Russian people are unhappy. Russian people don't ever smile. Russian people are angry. <laughs> that they told us when we were in Russia. Which is what, exactly what they told us. And she said that, um, why was I talking about that? I literally Germany. just forgot. Oh, she said her friend who's a student went to Germany for two years. And she said that the friend said that Germany was the best place she'd ever been. And they had free school. And it was such an, it was, she liked it better than the United States. And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh-uh. are you out of your mind? There's just things you don't say. You can't say Germany. Not. I'm sorry, no. but. So they are all like into the deal and it's like kind of just one of those things where you're like they're pushing the line, they're towing the line, but we're not going to quit the deal because the deal's in place. Obama made the deal. So Rex St- Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and Chief of Staff John Kelly, they want to stay in the deal. They want to keep the shit coach. They don't want to be <clears throat> causing trouble. They know they can't leave the deal. Why are right. we going to you know, go around talking shit, saying we're decertifying, saying we're kicking it to Congress. It's all talk. 
And you want to inflame Iran? Yeah, you want to then you're gonna off. fuck off with the other countries? Yeah, they're like, all pissed too. What are you doing? So here's Rex Tillerson, who I like. So that basically means he's about to get fired. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah. And there's already yeah. rumors that he's getting fired and. He's going to go off with Tom Price and <laughs> they're going to start a think tank. We were supposed to talk about Tom Price. We don't have time. We're doing that. And Shira Weiss, Tom <laughs> Price and Shira Weiss next week. But <laughs> right, okay. we're out of time. But um, basically, um, Rex Tillerson, uh, he's people are saying he's going to get fired. He he through this whole Iran deal. He called Trump a fucking moron. A moron. <laughs> I think he said fucking. Oh, he did. I think so. He said uh, an expletive. Oh, so it was a fucking moron. Oh. NBC, you know, got the intel that he said that, but he, and he refuses, he will not deny it. He won't. Right, he won't deny it. But he won't deny but it. But how did they find out? 500 people heard him yelling oh, that Trump was a fucking God, moron. That's so good. And they all called up, and then now, so he's just like, I'm not going to say I called him a moron, and I'm not going to say I didn't, because I did, and somebody will produce a tape the second I lie, so I'm not going to lie. So he's just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about it. So he's on Meet the Press, and they're and they ask him, you know, about basically Iran and all this shit because he's been getting undermined constantly by Trump with North Korea and Iran over Twitter. And he gives this reason of of why Trump acts like this, why he constantly makes inflammatory sound bites. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really I mean, it really did. I liked that interview with Rex Tillerson. I recommend you guys listen to it. And he's just like Julie said last week, he's too smart for that position, which means he's probably is on his way out. And um, the way in which he handles these questions and talking about Trump and the understanding that he has of just who he is as a man is really good. So we're going to play this clip. I want to ask about Senator Bob Corker, who said something about you. Uh, And he was referring, he's a friend of yours. He has tremendous respect for you. He speaks highly of you all the time. He says that you're one of the best things about the cabinet. And he's dismayed. He thinks President Trump is constantly undermining you. This is a Republican chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He said that the president has, quote, castrated you before the world stage. That's his word, not mine. What's your response to that? Well, as as I indicated earlier, Jake, I think this is an unconventional president. He uses unconventional communication tools. He uses unconventional techniques to motivate change. And for people that have been around Washington a long time, this is a place that you know better than I. You've been here longer than I have. This is not a place that likes to change. It, It actually enjoys the status quo. The last thing anyone likes to do in this town is make a decision. Because when you make a decision, you're suddenly accountable for that decision. True. And so the president is, is out trying to motivate people to change, whether it's on health care, whether it's executive action he recently took to motivate that change, whether it's on executive orders around immigration to motivate that change, or whether it's under the action he took under the Iran deal on the Friday. It's to motivate a change. People in this town get very uh, nervous and get very uptight about having to address serious issues by making decisions. And so the, the president is simply trying to do that in his very unique style, and he is very unique. I don't think there's any doubt that anyone sees him as anything other than the most unique president we've certainly ever seen in modern history, that we've can, we have recorded history of. Hard but, to dispute that. But again, I would say I am fully committed to his objectives. I agree with his objectives. I agree with what he's trying to do how he wants to use his own skills tactically to push things toward change, I'm there to help him achieve those. That's all. You, you're a cattle, you have a cattle ranch. You don't want to say anything about uh, the Senate, Senator uh, calling, suggesting you've been gelded before the world? That's not anything that bothers you? I checked. I'm fully intact. <laughs> I mean, fully intact? I'm pretty sure he's largely intact. <laughs> I mean, that guy has some, he has like, uh, got some goddamn balls, huh? He definitely does. He's got two big, two big, uh, you know, bull balls <laughs> sitting in there, balls. sitting in huge balls. I mean, he made a really good point. They I don't thought. like change. And no, uh, it's not even the change. Nobody wants to make a decision and stand no. by it. Not one person. No, because they don't want to go on the record. No. It's going to come back and to be accountable. Them. Yeah. Nobody can be accountable. I thought he made a lot of good points. And I do. And I did think because it's been coming up time and again. And John, and John Kelly's been saying it too. another person that I really admire <clears throat> um, saying that. You know, it's it's he's impatient and he wants he does he he he's a he's a novice and he doesn't understand how you know government works and legislation and he, he doesn't um, he can't reconcile how slow it takes to you know how long right. it takes to get anything done right and he tries to motivate people with this 
you know, snarky, fucking immature bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in some cases it's working, but it's like, how long are, you know, people in Washington going to sit and complain about it before they just get on board? Right. Like Bob Corker and figure out what makes Trump tick and quit playing. So right. can we talk about Bob Corker for a minute? <laughs> can we talk about Bob? Can we talk about Bob? Isn't that a movie? <laughs> Let's talk about Bob. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Bill Murray. Yeah. That's good. Let's talk about Bob. I wish I had the theme song ready. I do too. Um, God damn it. All right, we'll find it. Well, he, so he's the one who said the thing about him, Trump castrating Rex Tillerson. Right. That original quote. So he's a Republican senator from Tennessee who's been in office since 2007. Uh Uh-huh. I think you mentioned on the podcast like a couple weeks ago that he, he, he retired or he. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I'm done. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. He's like, I'm not going to be running for re-election in the midterms in 2018. Right. Which I think was basically him saying to the Republican Party and to Trump and to everyone, because his base in Tennessee, you know, they're just fucking mm. age old lynchers who mm. just, just mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to try to, I do like Tennessee. I love Nashville. Mm-hmm. I like Tennessee a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure those Trumpies there, mm-hmm. in that base are intense. And he's just like, go fuck yourself. I'm about to like come through, not giving a shit. Right. Saying whatever the hell I want. Right. And the second he said he wasn't running for re-election, and I mean, people have gone on TV and damn, downright begged him to stay. Like, please come back. Please come back. Because he's like leave. a normal voice. He's like pretty he's like moderate. Like moderate. Right. Ish. He's, ish. He's, yeah. But this has definitely rubbed him the wrong way. I mean, he's not as, he's not as moderate as, you know, I don't like oh, yeah, I don't lady. understand what's happening in here. What's her? I can't remember her name. Anyway. Her name's like Mary or. It's from Maine, I think. Um, so basically he's been, um, he's been going off on Trump and he's been getting, he got into a full Twitter war with Trump. So he back and forth with, I mean, with Trump going back and forth on Twitter. And, um, what he's said is, um, he tweeted that the white house has become an adult daycare center. Yeah, he said that right. Um, he tweeted, (laughs) or he told the New York times that Trump was steering the nation on a path to world war three. Mm hmm. Um, and he also told New York Times he knows for a fact that every single day at the White House, it's a situation of trying to contain him. So, and that's pretty hardcore. That is hardcore. Um, and he's definitely privy to shit at the White House. So, um, But no one backed him up, right? Nobody's got his back on any of that? I don't think anyone... I think he's blowing well, in the wind there? Maybe. I mean, certainly the press has his back and Democrats well. have his back. So um, I'm going to play this clip from um, Casey Hunt. She's from CNN, but or no, she's on MSNBC, but she um, she just got her own show, but she was on Meet the Press. And she talks about Bob Corker, and I thought it was pretty genius what she said, and it just, I can't not play this clip because this is what a smart person does who wants, I personally believe that he will run again. I think this is all just a tactic. Mm. And I, even if he knows that he's alienated mm. his base too much, I think Trump is going to put him in a cabinet position because he's a Republican oh. and because Trump loves having like adversarial, strong people oh. and who's, who's having a dialogue with him now. That means he's bonding with him. Right, and it's his, almost fun. Yeah. They're becoming friends. Yeah, he likes when people aren't scared of his shit. Right. He likes that, you know what I mean? He's right. twisted. So I think this guy Corker is like, Super smart and playing a calculated game that 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 he's winning, um, and that's what this girl said. And I got impressed with this chick, Casey Hunt. So um, here's this clip. One thing about Bob Corker's role in all of this that I think has been a little bit underappreciated is that. It, I don't think his response is because the president tweeted at him. Corker is extraordinary strate- extraordinarily strategic in this way. And he is someone who has built a relationship with the president and who has figured out what the president responds to, which is strong public statatements. Many of the senators who have the best, I'm sorry, <laughs> that the is most true. influence it his, with the White House, his, uh, attention. they've learned that if the president sees you on TV, then suddenly he thinks that you matter. And so I think Corker has been watching carefully to see if his remark that the president could start World War III perhaps inclined the president to make a public stand and show that's not what he was going to do. And Corker was very involved in these behind-the-scenes negotiations around what was ultimately a half-measure for the president on Iran. That was, he, he didn't go as far as he wanted to go, the president. Right. I mean, if he sees you on TV... He thinks he you're thinks important. He thinks you matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what Rex Tillerson, it's we great. have not seen Rex Tillerson. He doesn't give any press conferences. He doesn't do anything. He never talks to the press. Like for the first four months, I swear he said five words to the press. Yeah, well, that was the whole thing. Yeah. And now here he was on um, State of the Union with Jake Tapper. I thought killing the game. And it's like, yeah, if you want, if you, you got to be in there. You got to be like front and center media wise. That's what gets yep. him off, you know? Yeah. And get, and what Bob Corker is doing is doing exactly what, 
Chuck Schumer and the Dems need to be doing instead of crying and whining and acting like, it's not nice. No, get on there and be like, you're a moron or whatever. You're acting like a child or the, you know, just like get and like do it. (laughs) Yeah. Get and go back and forth. But I do think, you know, and it was all just a convoluted conversation that started with Iran, but it's like, I think he is. I do think he wants shit to get done. And I do think that he's he's pulling away from like, you know, the Republican, you know, patriarchy or whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's he's going to the Democrats. He's going to whoever try to get stuff done. And he's starting to look like a fucking I mean, he's always been looking like an asshole, but he's starting to look like an asshole even to him, even to his base, because oh. no, no legislation has gotten done. None. So he's feeling the pressure of like like, trying to make some shit happen yeah and he's doing a sally field um let me go to the mall and go up the escalator and get um recognized and soap dish give me like a nice relief of five minutes he goes to the family values council or whatever and talks about how fucking you know that he's their friend and they're gonna do stuff and they're clapping for him and talking about killing gay people i mean it's just like he doesn't (laughs) that stuff's bullshit that's nothing he doesn't believe any of that shit He's just trying to get like yeah. accolades. Yeah, and it's like get love. And get anyone. love, yeah. Um, okay, so that was a very convoluted eye of the shitstorm, and of course it went completely long, but let's just take a few minutes and do a quick segment we like to call the dossier. The dossier. <laughs> the dossier. The president has a sex Normally, this segment includes updates or related stories about the famous Trump-Russia dossier, compiled by a research firm attempting to prove collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government during the 2016 election. Well, we decided this latest bit of news is somewhat related to the dossier because rather than it being conducted by a private research firm, (laughs) there's a new PI on the scene, a titty PI, and it's none other than Hustler magazine owner Larry Flint. That is correct. All right, so... On Sunday, Larry fucking Flint took out a full-page ad in the Washington Post saying, $10 million for information leading to the impeachment and removal from office of Donald J. Trump in huge letters. <laughs> I wonder how much a full-page ad costs. Like, I mean, um, that I'm alone sure it's is 100 like grand. 100 I grand. wondered... How am I going to get, how am I oh. going to become a, a PI? I mean, of course. I need to be, go to Russia. I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to do this? I mean. How am I going to do, why, uh, let why all can't the, we do let this? Let all the hookers come out of the woodwork. Please. Call us. Please. please. I know. Let us cut us in on it. Why can't we figure this out? So in the ad, Flint says he's seeking information from anyone who could provide a smoking gun, perhaps buried in Trump's tax returns or in some other investment records that will lead to his impeachment. The ad says, did he make some financial quid pro quo? Crow? Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Quid pro black crows. She talks to angels. (laughs) I love that song. Uh, Did he make some financial quid pro quo with the Russians? Has the business of the United States been compromised to protect the business of the Trump empire? We need to flush everything out into the open. He also said impeachment would be a messy, contentious affair, but the alternative, three more years of destabilization dysfunction, is worse. I feel it is my patriotic duty and the duty of all Americans to dump Trump Ugh. before it's too late. He said duty, duty, and dump. <laughs> In one sentence. He's definitely wearing diapers. <laughs> At the end of the ad, there is a toll-free number and an email address, along with the reassurance that Flint fully intends to pay the full sum of $10 million for good information. I mean, and he has it. You know that motherfucker's got a billion dollars in the bank. He says he expects it in the next couple days, in a few days. So he put it out on Sunday. It's Tuesday when Uh, you're hearing this. Let's hope by Friday the shit hits the fan because I don't even give a fuck about Harvey Weinstein. I want to hear some shit about Trump. Oh, my God. If somebody came forward with actual evidence of the dossier or whatever, and they, it would be incredible. There wouldn't even be impeachment. He would just get arrested. Yeah, or he'd be like, I quit. Bye, girl. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's. Uh, that was a fun little daydream break, but now it's time for skew. Oh. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. No dark sock. 
time for brand new <laughs> to ride our tiny bicicletta to skew. Yep, this is a segment called Time for Skew, where a live person teaches us something. And today we are talking to our professor for the day, Andy Monk. Andy is one of the 14 listeners of Dumb Gay Politics, but more importantly, he's our actual friend, our actual friend in real life. So no one was more surprised than us when he tweeted us to let us know that he's an expert on gerrymandering. So much so that he's writing his thesis on it. Yeah, not only did we not know that he knew anything about gerrymandering, we didn't even know he was in graduate school. <laughs> because we are terrible friends. <laughs> so apparently Andy's getting an MFA, whatever that means, in sculpture. <laughs> and his thesis project is exhibiting a body of artwork. And since we know his thesis subject is gerrymandering, I'm assuming he sculpted gerrymandering in its physical form. Yeah, his, that's right. That's right. Gerrymander, who went to Temple Amuna, and so we can disembody him him in a sculpture <laughs> if we were confused about what gerrymandering was before the fact that it can be shown in sculpted form makes us even more sure we have no idea what the fuck it is exactly so let's find out both what it is and what he's sculpting right now hey, hey andy <laughs> hey guys so nice to talk to you so, right so nice to talk to you. So, and I mean, we won't tell everyone about how obsessed I am that your sister went to the Spence, the school that <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow went to. And how I love how your family is fancy and how someday we'll be married and I'll be in your family too. <laughs> or that someone very close to you was the one who, Linda, who told us about, Linda James, who told us about Trump's wigs and weaves and hair systems. Oh, yeah. That's right. Wouldn't it be funny if we both went and tried to seduce each of them and then we both <laughs> married one of them? Oh, you want then... the sister who went to spend? No, no I, oh. Linda and Andy. Oh, 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 yeah, that's good. And then we each get one. <laughs> that would be hilarious. We could start like an amazing mountain cult up here. <laughs> it, would be, it, would, it would be amazing. It'd be called Jerry Mander. <laughs> oh, my God. So right off the bat, in simple terms, please, not in Spence terms. Mm. Tell us, explain to us what is gerrymandering. Gerrymandering in really simple terms is the manipulation of the boundaries of electoral districts to influence the outcome of those elections. It's Ugh. basically politicians choosing their voters instead of voters choosing their politicians. And how do they do that? They do it in a number of different ways. Uh, but mostly, I mean, now with algorithms, they use algorithms and they figure out down to like the block who is voting and who's not voting, who's a Republican, who's a Democrat, who is going to screw up the election for the incumbent and who's going to, you know, help, basically. Before you keep going on, because it's so... Uh, what, do you know where the word with phrase gerrymandering comes from? In fact, I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the term gerrymandering was coined in 1812 by a mm. local publication in Boston. Oh. Um, because the then governor of Massachusetts, whose name was Elbridge Jerry, oh had made this <laughs> insane political mm. district. And so some person in 1812 thought it looked like a salamander. And they drew this political cartoon of the original gerrymander district with these like talons. Looks honestly kind of looks gay to me, but that's because it is because salamanders are gay. <laughs> salamanders Clearly. are gay, but also this salamander has particularly limp wrists. <laughs> yeah. It's saying open um, up those districts, girl. <laughs> yeah. And so it was the gerrymander. It was like a salamander from Governor Jerry. So oh, that's wow. Interesting. Gerrymander. That's cool. And like if that. you look it up on Wikipedia, you'll see that cartoon. Now we can win Final Jeopardy one day. I know. Um, <laughs> exactly. OK, so. So technically, based on your defi definition, Democrats can do it too, right? Yes, and in fact, they are doing it right now. Uh, I I need you to um uh I know this is I need you to sort of even explain it again. So okay. how does I understand what you said, but I don't. Uh, so you you basically I think you mean they must vote on it. They must put it to a vote. To I don't understand. So if you know by person who's lives where and who does what how is that helping you how are you how are you changing the district how are you changing the district yeah. okay so basically like if if i know from voter registration records and other voting records that there are a bunch of democrats that live on elm street but i'm a republican and i need to do like cedar and pine which are on either side of elm i can draw a little line around Elm Street to exclude those people from my district and give them to another district so that they won't mess up my voter tally. But basically. can you do that without take putting it to a vote? 
Yeah, the state legislatures are in charge, for the most part, are in charge of redistricting. Now, I looked up what's going on in California before this conversation, and you guys are doing real good because you have a citizens districting commission. Yeah, we vote. Um, I feel like we vote vote on that or something along those lines. Like, I don't think they can just change it here, but I'm not sure. You did vote on it um, in, I don't remember when, 2012 maybe, and Republicans were so pissed that they then put another thing on the ballot that was like, vote no if you don't want us to not continue unstealing the election. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like hoping that the California voters would be so confused by that. But now we have social media. And so people figured it out and were like, vote yes, so that they won't not continue. I'm confused by it. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I am confused by it. It's confusing to me. It's mathematical. Did it. It's fine. You figured it out. It's, you have the Citizens Commission, which is actually like a great way to do it because it um, is, you know, basically your politicians are not screwing you anymore. You're like voting for them the ones you want. How do you think, I mean, first of all, how do you personally feel about it? I mean, obviously it's fucked up on either side. It's not really mm-hmm. fair. And how is someone supposed to fix it? Even is it, do you make permanent district drawings and make it so that it can't happen i mean what is why the, isn't what a is district the just a certain number i don't understand why it's not like a, isn't that like a house school district districts work you just are in a certain area and that's the district they from just, this well, from I, mile to ideally, mile how do you how else could it possibly be you know what i mean ideally it would be like by the county or by the you right know, just like a like draw a regular shape and as long as it's reasonable and enough people live in that shape then fine that's, that's your district right yeah right Right. Like, but they're making these districts that are like so insane. Like if you look up North Carolina was recently in trouble with the Supreme Court because their districts were so gerrymandered that um, the Supreme Court was like, no, this can't happen. The thing is that partisan gerrymandering. So like gerrymandering to get rid of Democrats in your district is totally legal. That's like totally fine. Everywhere. But everywhere. Okay, wait a minute. Gerrymandering, Gerrymandering. Gerrymandering to get rid of Democrats is legal. Well, I mean, you can't kill them, but you can exclude them from your district. <laughs> that is so bizarre. I mean, I guess that goes so for bizarre. Republicans, so too. So bizarre. So you can get rid of Republicans, too. Yes. Um, it just doesn't make any then sense. what's the like, other kind? The other kind is racial gerrymandering, which oh, is whoa. unconstitutional. Yeah, that's so what cute. happens is if the Supreme Court thinks that you're gerrymandering to suppress black voters, oh. that's not cute. And right. you get into that's how North Carolina got in trouble for that. Texas got in trouble for that. Of course, the Republicans did. are always getting in trouble for that. <laughs> and by the way, the Democrats are gerrymandering, too. But no one ever confuses them for racists, which should tell you something about the Republicans. Sorry, and about is it. that the Neil Gorsuch thing <laughs> that Julie was talking about? That Supreme Court was that North Carolina or what? Was that what the conversation is right now? North Carolina. Right now they're talking about Wisconsin. And they're not talking. North Carolina got in trouble for racial gerrymandering. Right now in Wisconsin, they're talking about whether or not it should still be illegal to do partisan gerrymandering. My That's opinion right, is right. absolutely it's, fuck no. Yeah. Um, but Neil also Gorsuch their, their says cheese should be organic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Neil Gorsuch says that they, the gerrymandering is constitutional. Isn't that what he's saying? Yeah, well, and of course they want to keep it because it's the only reason they have any edge in anything anymore, the Republicans, because, you know, three million more of us voted for Hillary. Yeah, so you explain to us how gerrymandering resulted in in Donald Trump winning. Well, that's tough because. Because does it affect the Electoral College? Or no? Not really. Okay. I mean, you know, in a really indirect way, and in the fact that Republicans kind of consolidated power in a certain way, it it did, and you know, three three million more of us voted for Hillary, but uh, it's it doesn't have a direct effect on the president. It has a direct effect on who's representing us in Congress and in the Senate. Mm. Oh, well, okay. that's not that's right. still bad. So how is it gonna? Nothing's gonna change be- between now and the midterms, mm-hmm. right? No, probably not, unfortunately. But it's still wrong. And so is there any, what can we do as voters? Like, is there a way to, I mean, it sounds like it's kind of like campaign finance. It's like obviously an issue. It's causing major corruption, but there's nothing anyone can do. And it's just going to keep corrupting on itself until it implodes. It is basically, I mean, the Supreme Court could rule that it's unconstitutional. Right now, the way that they're arguing the case is different from the way that they've argued it in the past. 
Um, in the past, they've argued that it violates the Equal Protections Clause, that it's unfair to Democrats or Republicans who are being suppressed. Um, but right now, they're arguing it in a different way, which is that it violates the First Amendment right to free speech, that if you express political views from the wrong party, basically those views are being silenced through this process. And so that's like a different approach. Oh, um, and they're hoping well, that, that this sense. different way is going to be more successful. Yeah, because where are they developing this algorithm? It's got to be stupid fucking Facebook. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, I mean, if you think about, for example, take North Carolina as an example. They recently got in trouble. They had court-ordered redistricting. It didn't actually do anything. Like, it looks less racist, but it's not actually... Like, we didn't know Democratic people got elected because of it. But in North Carolina, there are 13 districts, Right. Yeah. Of the people who are either registered as Democrat or Republican, which, let's face it, are the only voters that actually matter. Sorry about <laughs> it. I'm sorry of about it. People, I'm also stealing. Go ahead. 7% were Democrat and 43% were Republican. So out of 13 districts, you'd expect it to be like six to seven or something like that. You know, it's pretty close, but it's, it's a majority of Democrats. However... Because of gerrymandering, out of those 13 seats, three of them went to Democrats and 10 of them Whoa, went to Republicans. Oh, my God. Whoa. Why that do means... it at all? Why, why, why separate any districts then? Just do it statewide and fuck it. Right. Right. Exactly. That's one argument that's being made right now. The problem is that Republicans that live in the seashore and Republicans that live in the mountains might not have the same issues. Or like someone who lives in the city versus someone who lives in the country. Well, so someone who lives in the mountains definitely plays. doesn't have the same issues as. Well, someone who lives else. at the seashore lives in a fairy tale. Well, someone who lives in the mountains <laughs> right. lives off the grid, but they're not really off the grid. They're actually on the grid, and they're an asshole too. <laughs> yeah, they're they all don't want to pay for the grid, but they want to have the grid, but they don't want to pay for it. Because exactly. They, want the paper. they only want to pay for the three square meters of whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Well, this is a fucking depressing issue. God damn. Yeah, it's the worst. And the, by the name of it, I always thought it was like. Um, I don't even know what I, th- I, li- I don't even know what I thought it was. Well, so how, it's so misleading. How did you? Okay, are you allowed to disclose what your project is, or are you keeping it a surprise until you unveil? Oh it? yeah, I can. Okay, so um, tell us about it. It's a little convoluted, but <laughs> the the really simple. You know what? Like like the it. issue itself. Yeah. So like it's all, the issue it's all itself. Full circle. Um, I'm cutting out the shapes of some of the. I'm looking at. North Carolina and Maryland. North Carolina was gerrymandered by the Republicans. Maryland was gerrymandered by the Democrats. So I'm trying not to present it as a partisan issue because it's not. I'm cutting out the shapes of all the districts in North Carolina and all the districts in Maryland out of colored acrylic, uh, like plexiglass, basically. Ooh, cool. And then I'm putting LED lights to represent the voters behind those lenses. Ooh, like a light bright. Like a light bright. (laughs) Um, wow. But if you look at a blue light through a red lens, you can see the light bulb, but the blue light that's being emitted is getting blocked by that red lens. So the light bulb, you see it, but it looks like it's off, even though it's not. Oh, cool. So, so does the red show, but the blue's off? The red shows, and the blue looks like it's off. And then I'm making it so that you can look behind the Ooh. lens and see that the blue is really on. Wow. That's mm-hmm. so cool. So, like, God, I don't know. I was concept. picturing sculpturing, like, I literally like pictured a, a naked man <laughs> dancing. <laughs> He's got a chisel. Yeah, it was, like, dancing, like, holding, no, like, a, a continent. No, I pictured America. Oh. And mm-hmm. he's chiseling, like, a block of... I don't know, cement or something. I don't know right. what, you, what you sculpt. This is why we're not And my model's sculptors. name is Jerry. Yeah, well, of course, it would have to be Jerry. That's Obviously. what I was saying. It's gerrymander. <laughs> Jerry Blank. Jerry, so <laughs> Jerry how, Blank. So how big is Jerry? He's big. Really? <laughs> no, I don't know. You don't, Haven't you started? Your sculpture. Oh, how, how big is yeah. your sculpture? How big is this piece? Um, it's going to be like... 15 feet wide and, but I'm doing them each each district is only going to be uh, a foot by one one foot that's by one so foot dope. but I'm putting them in a grid that's cool a I, you have to post pictures of it on the Patreon when you're I, when hate, you're... I hate art okay but I'm all about scale or uh, I love big art oh right right you're like a large oversized <laughs> oh, yeah. that sounds so cool that does sound cool really cool um, you can see some of this on my Instagram but the pieces don't like really exist yet, so you can see like 
tests that I've done, basically. Do you know of any groups or the, is there anything that anyone can do to fight against gerrymandering? Or are we just kind of, you know, just be informed? You know, or, yeah. I think just be informed, let other people know what's going on. I think the California voters are the ones who um, put that on the ballot. Like the, the politicians in California did not want this to happen. And they were pissed about it. And they tried to trick you guys into undoing it. So, you know, get people aware of it and figure out what you can do at your local level. Well, then we've done our part twice over because we yeah. live in California and yeah. this podcast counts. So I'm pretty much done helping with the issue. Well, yeah. So everyone awesome. needs to go <laughs> to their district, I guess, or their councilman or their representative and be like, we don't fucking want gerrymandering. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm sorry I said fuck, but I'm not. It's really got to, you know, you got to really don't apologize for saying fuck. <laughs> you got to hammer it home. All right. I mean, let's hope that the Supreme Court case is ruled that gerrymandering is suddenly unconstitutional, which would suck for me, kind of, because my whole thesis would be irrelevant <laughs> right. for America. When right. is it? When are they voting on it? Is it soon? I think it must. They're they're actively hearing the arguments now, so I think it's going to be pretty. It soon. should take a while, though. You know, they take forever, yeah, and it will not get solved. No. But if we can, we should maybe we should tweet our Supreme Court justices. You know, like you know, mm-hmm. Anna yeah, at Neil Gorsuch, yeah. at Antonin Scalia, <laughs> right. at Ruth Bader, Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Yeah, like do the right thing. Go meow meow. Okay. Andy, thank you so much for being our teacher today. Um, If you guys are as turned on by Andy as we are and you live in the New York area, check out his thesis exhibition. It opens on December 1st (laughs) from 5 to 7 p.m. and runs through December 12th at the Samuel Dorsky Museum of Art at the State University of New York at New Paltz. If you can't make his exhibition, don't fret. He's about to come out with a genius series of drag tutorials on YouTube, which will also feature lots of smart political discourse. Andy, tell our 14 listeners where they can find your upcoming drag tutorials and the Instagram with the half done Jerry and all your social medias. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at snarky Andy. Uh, and you can find my drag tutorials and personas on Twitter and Instagram at sissy that Jenner. Perfect. Because my drag name is sis Jenner because I'm actually a man. <laughs> So good. Oh, God. We could, I'm sure we could. Oh, I can't. Okay. You just got so every Ugh. 14 listener just went and let, stopped listening to this right now and went over <laughs> to your shit. <laughs> we love you, Andy. Thank you for being our teacher. Now it's time for So There's That. Okay, so this is usually the part of the show where I have to find a ray of light that gives me hope or just one good thing that's come out of all the shittiness of the year, 2000 Trump Dean. But this week, for the first time ever, (laughs) for the first time in history, Brandy said she wanted to do it. She wanted to do it. She wanted to do it. So take it away, Beans. God, I'm a little nervous. I don't know how you do this every week. Okay. So I'm not going to say this right because I didn't prepare. It's all just concepts floating around in my head, and that's never good because when that kind of shit comes out, it inevitably offends people, but here goes nothing. (laughs) So I think the non-racist people who voted for Trump did it because they wanted to shake up the status quo. They wanted someone who was going to cause a commotion that would shake the tree and all the shady, corrupt motherfuckers would fall out. And for people like me, people who didn't vote for him but chose to try and give him a chance, we thought that shaking up the broken, broken system might fix it, which looking back was stupid as fuck logic. You don't shake a broken thing to fix it. But in the case of Harvey Weinstein, Trump shaking up the system appears to have actually worked. A shady motherfucker fell right out the tree. And, <laughs> he sure did. And not only him, don't forget Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly oh, and yeah. that other Fox News guy with the square head from The Five. Oh, I always forget his name. Big, yeah, big hands. They're all abusers of power and perverts who prey on women in the workplace. Yep. When Donald Trump managed to get himself elected president, despite the fact that he was caught on camera talking about grabbing women's pussies. But Billy Bush didn't get his job back. A shift clearly happened in this country, and that shift happened with women. We are done. We are done with the imbalance of power. We are done keeping our mouths shut, and we are done with men like you, President Trump. I truly believe that none of this with Harvey Weinstein or Bill O'Reilly or any of the rest of them would have happened if Hillary Clinton would have been elected president. If she were president, we might mistakenly believe that progress has been made in terms of sexism. But because of Trump, women finally believe what you've been saying all along, meow meow. 
And every day that he is still in office, we are reminded that we are disgusted with him and all men just like him. And every day that he's still in office is another day to expose the injustices and expose the grody men and to fight. And I don't think we'd be doing that if he wasn't president. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. We want to thank you guys for listening. We know we get annoying and we're probably weird and dumb and don't make sense half the time. But as our treasured 14 listeners, you hang around even when you don't agree with us and we appreciate you. We do. Remember to hit us up on Facebook and Twitter with your questions and concerns and we'll read them on the show. We are at Mr. Julie Goldman and at The Brandy Howard. Also, don't forget to go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and sign up for the members only non-politics Patreon podcast. <laughs> also, if you're in LA or within a 10-hour drive, please come to our live show on November 14th. We have special guest Lauren Savon. If you don't recognize the name, she's the local LA reporter who was cornered by Harvey Weinstein in a restaurant when he masturbated and shot his load into a potted plant. She'll be there live, giving us all the dirty deets. Oh <laughs> my God. Killing it with the guest. Go to HollywoodImprov.com and click on the lab to buy tickets for the show. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and dumb. Uh-huh, it's all shit. It's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not going to let it go down like that because we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit. It's all shit. Ooh, it's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh, uh, this shit is bananas. B A A A N A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know.